You are about to listen to The Light of Emuna, a Parsha podcast based on the teachings of the Or HaEmunah weekly publication by Harav Menachem Azolai. This podcast is being produced Lezecher Nishmas Rachel Bas Yosef Zed. Translation and narration by Dove Elias. For more information, please visit the Light of Emuna website at www.tloe.us. Welcome to the Moonlight of Amuna podcast, Parshas Bamidbar. This adaptation is dedicated in honor of my dear wife, Devora, and our dear son, Eli, and for Afur Shlema, Faratza Bas Rochel, Henya Bas Shredel, Menachem Mordechai Ben Ophira, Chaya Bas Tova, and Micha Chaim Ben Sarah. The Parsha opens by Yedabar Hashem al Moshe, Bamidbar Sinai, Ba'ol Moed. Hashem spoke to Moshe in the wilderness of Sinai in the tent of the meeting. Why was the Psikta, the Rav Kahana, asks, why was the Torah given in the desert, in the wilderness? Just as the desert is endless, so are the words of Torah limitless. As it says in Eov, Longer than the earth is its measure and wider than the sea. We will do and we will listen. A special bond, multifaceted and hidden from sight, connects the Torah and the wilderness. Why was the Torah given at Sinai? So that a person would learn to submit himself and be humble in his eyes, as Hashem did by rejecting higher mountains in favor of Har Sinai, the lowest of all. That's explained in the Noam Elimelech. The Medrash teaches that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to give the Torah on Sinai, the mountains argued and debated with, with each other. Each claimed the right to have the Torah given on it. Yet Hashem specifically chose Sinai, the lowest of all. The person who received the Torah was specifically Moshe Rabbeinu, the humblest of all. If a person minimizes his own self-importance in this world, he will be great in the next world. As the Gemara Baba Basra tells us, I saw inverted worlds. The exalted in this world are low in the next world, and the lowly in this world are exalted in the next. <clears throat> How beautiful is a life of humility and reserve. How charming and graceful is a Jew who possesses these traits. As Rashi tells us on Shmais Lamedalid Pasa Gimel, Ein and There is no finer quality than to be unostentatious. The desert possesses the grace of truth. It lacks color and its vistas are are bare and natural without adornment. It is not fake. It does not ever attempt to present itself as anything more than it truly is. The Torah is also a Torah of truth. Torah's emes nasan lanu. When an honest person sees truth, he grabs it immediately. We want to live a sincere life, as the Pasuk in Tilim in Parak Mem Gimel says, Shlach orcha v'amitecha hema inachuni, Dispatch your light and your truth, they will guide me. The light of truth guides us. Therefore, we must cast aside anything that hinders or confuses us. Self-interest, ego, all of the externalities that turn us angry, dissatisfied, pedantic, feeling deprived. When we manage to neutralize these things and remember that it is all from Hashem and for the best, we merit a life of truth. Every person has his own path to achieve the completion of his soul. It is unique to him. A person cannot achieve wholeness or tranquility unless he follows his own truth and not the truth of others. A person who always looks to the sides to see what others are doing or always tries to find favor in everyone else's eyes basically gives up on himself. He will be a very unhappy person. We inherited the courage to be in the minority from Avram Avinu. He acted as if he was alone in the world, never looking to the side, never taking into account the fashion of his time. We cannot even be satisfied with mere truth. We want absolute truth. Truth is an abstract concept. 
Rather, we want the truth that relates to us right here and right now. We want to know what Hashem wants from us at every moment in connection with our mission in relation to ourselves and to those around us. David HaMelech asked, as quoted in Tehillim Chafhei Pasuk Hei, Direct me with your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. I hope for you all day long. We ask for all day so that we may know what you want at every moment. What is the best way to come close to you, Father? What is my mission in this world? The wilderness is silent. It bows its head. So too the Holy Torah teaches us the attribute of submissiveness. It is one of the great secrets of life to forego, to restrain, to overcome our negative traits. It is impossible to describe how great a level it is. No matter what happens in life, lower your head. One who merits this enjoys Ganeidin already in this world. Remember that everything is Hashem's doing and it is all for the best. Begin each day with emuna. No matter what happens, this is how Hashem wants it. The moment a person blames himself, blames someone else, blames it on an ayin hara, it does not matter what he thinks. If he does not recognize that it is all Hashem, he does not begin with emuna. Every time someone becomes dejected because his plans were disrupted, every time he gets angry, it is as if he is angry with Hashem. It is as if he says, you do not run the world properly. The Torah opens this week's parsha with a census of the Jewish people and their divisions into tribes and groups of tribes, each with its own flag. What is the significance of these flags that the Torah spends so much time on them? A flag is a symbol of subjugation, submitting to a king. These flags demonstrated our submission to the king of the world. I proceed under a banner. I am a subject of the king. I do not just do as I please. When a person learns to bow his head and subjugate himself, he treats those around him differently. It is very easy to lower a person's stature and insult his honor. Sometimes one sarcastic comment employed to display our wit and acuity is enough to hurt someone. Sometimes it is enough merely to recall some past indiscretion to make him feel like a failure. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants the opposite. He wants us to be good-natured, soft-spoken, to see the beauty in others, and to offer words that will give them strength, not words that will weaken them. The desert is abandoned, ownerless. It indicates to us that without Torah, which was given in the desert, we are ownerless, rudderless. Our lives are meaningless. There is no greater abandonment than not considering our obligations and purpose in this world and what will become of us in the next world. We are ownerless when we spend all of our time pursuing the base urges of our hearts and rejecting eternal life. One who does not follow the path of Hashem is truly dissolute. There is no greater denunciation than trading an eternal and advantageous truth in favor of a fleeting moment of worldly pleasure, which is like a passing shadow and is always mixed with bitterness, anger, grief, and sorrows. This world is full of constant adversity, suffering, worries, and bitterness. There is not a moment that is free of stress. There is nothing that is definitively good except for a person to chase incessantly the true and everlasting goal, to serve Hashem, to avoid evil and perform good. One who wishes to cling to Hashem is at war, a war against illicit desires, against ego. We are self-absorbed. To be victorious, we must lift our heads countless times and plead. Personal prayer, more than anything else, brings a person close to his Creator. What I truly want is to remain modest, uh, secreted, quiet, secluded in some corner. From that corner, allow me to continue to yearn and pine for Hashem. There is a reason the Torah tells the story of the hardships of the Jewish nation in the wilderness at such great lengths. It was a long path of successive falls and failures to teach us that even if the route seems endless because it seems like we constantly end up back where we started, it can still take us to new amazing vistas, only if we do not lose hope along the way. If we refuse to accept our degraded situation, if we continue to want, wish, and request. Why of all the nations did we merit receiving the Torah? 
All the other nations examined it and discovered that there were mitzvahs that they that were intoler, intolerable to them. Only we responded, we will do and we will listen, Nasev and Ishma. We were prepared to keep all of it, even before we knew what was written within. That is the Jewish people, ultimate self-sacrifice. We know nothing, we have not even heard yet what you want from us. But this is what we want to give you, Hashem, our hearts, our desires, to promise you that we are with you. That is the symbol of the Jewish nation. That is the survival of the Jewish nation. We must approach the holiday with great and strong longings, truly to receive the Holy Torah. We must remember that Hashem holds a special love for the Jewish people and every individual Jew. That is why the Holy Torah in this week's Parsha speaks about counting the children of Israel. In a count, everyone is equal, from the greatest of the great to the smallest of the small. Just as Hashem loves us, we love Hashem. The greatest pleasure is when we love Hashem. It is the strongest feeling that a Jew can experience, that with it he can even give up his life. If we feel it, we can pass it to our children and maybe even our grandchildren. Our greatest joy is that we are Jews, that we are connected by the navel to the everlasting covenant that HaKadosh Baruch Hu formed with the Jewish nation at Har Sinai. Who can describe or approximate the great love that every Jewish soul has for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and of course, vice versa. Love is the main bond between the Jewish people and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The word love appears so often in our greatest moment of solitude with Hashem, Shema Yisrael, that we recite twice, three times every day. We say, You shall love Hashem your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your resources. Who founded the Jewish people? Avram Avinu, the pillar of love. How did he establish the Jewish nation? He received love for something from above, exalted and sublime. And that love burned within him to the point that he was willing to be cast into a fiery furnace. It is a love for which we are willing to die. We say, Ahabas Hashem We say it in the bracha before Kriyashma in the morning in Nusach Svard. Ahabas Hashem With an eternal love, you have loved us, Hashem, our God. Our God. It starts with you. We say in Yontif, You have chosen us from all the peoples. You loved us and found favor in us. All of Yiddishkeit is love. Love is the greatest power that can exist in the world. Love is a power against which nothing can stand. We have a mitzvah to love Hashem with our entire heart and soul. Love of Hashem is above all else. That is the objective. That is the destiny. It is not merely some level for exalted people. Every little boy and girl... Everyone recites, you shall love Hashem in Shema. The giving of the Torah is not merely 613 mitzvahs. The Torah is not merely a book of laws that teach us how to live. The laws and the mitzvahs and mitzvahs are above. The main reason Hashem took us out of Egypt was to establish a covenant with us. The Jewish nation, nation is the bride of Hashem's youth. You are my beloved daughter. You are my firstborn. When we educate our children and underscore the special love with which Hashem loves the Jewish people, when the child feels that he is a child of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves him like a father loves a son, it is easier for him to connect to Torah, davening, and the performance of mitzvahs. It is also easier for us. Our greatest joy is that we are Jews, that we are connected by the navel to the everlasting covenant that HaKadosh Baruch Hu formed with the Jewish nation at Har Sinai. That is our inner and true essence. No matter what happens to us, we always remain Jews. That concludes the Torah portion of Rav Azulai's Light of Emuna. And now, as we do every week, we conclude with the tefillah that Rav Azulai shares with us from his heart, his cry to Hashem. It is a very personal and intimate part of him, and it reads, Master of the world, help me so that the Yaakov inside of me defeats the Esav inside of me. 
but not a temporary victory. I am asking for a final and decisive victory. The contentions between Yaakov and Esav are so difficult, so hard for me to understand. After moments of elevation, of endless tears, of such desires and longings for you, such warm words of love, I suddenly find myself in such low places, so far from holiness, that I cannot understand how that happened to me. I remember that this is how life is, that you created the world with night followed by morning. The great tzaddikim, with their lofty levels, their refinement, also went through and go through these transitions. Nevertheless, I ask, Father, to feel your presence without pause, to desire you without limit, to be capable to lift my head to you and say, Father, I love you, constantly, but sincerely, not superficially. Master of the world, I want to always be on the verge of tears, tears of emotion, of love and yearning for you, like the tears that fell from my eyes when I read one of those emotional stories that I read this week that so connected me to you. Uh, I'd have to le- read a letter from Rav Azulai, as you, many of you saw last week. Rav Azulai writes, Dear readers, everything has an appointed season, and there is a time for every matter under the heaven. That's a quote from Kahelis, Paragimel, Pasek Aleph. Around 15 years ago, it was time to begin writing a weekly Parsha sheet. We titled it The Light of Amuna because we thought and still think that Amuna is the most important thing in life. In our rosiest dreams, we did not think we would continue to write and distribute the weekly publication for around 15 years. However, the Creator thought otherwise. It was a pleasure to connect with you. The responses we received, the kind words that you showered upon us, gave us strength and desire to continue. Now it is time to stop. I hope that in the not-too-distant future the Safer Light of Imuna will be published pending funding. It will summarize the content that appeared in the weekly issues. Thank you for everything. Thank you to our dear friends who helped shepherd our publication since inception. We will never forget this beautiful time. Parshas Bahaloscha will be our last issue. Have an awesome, uplifting, and wonderful Shabbos. You've been listening to the Light of Emuna Parsha podcast based on the teachings of the Orha Emuna weekly publication by Harav Menachem Azolai. This podcast is produced by Hillel Caps Productions, Lezecher Nishmas, Rachel Bas Yosef Zev. Translation and narration by Dove Elias. For more information about the Light of Emuna or to receive a weekly Parsha newsletter, please visit www.tloe.us.